This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Cruise Control here on BFM. As usual, I'm doing the show with my two very good friends, Mr. Ali Johan. Say hello, Ali. Hey, good evening, Richard. And good evening, our other friend, Daniel Fernandez. <sighs> good evening, both of you. And good evening, listeners. It's so great to be back on the show with my two very, very good friends. <laughs> I smell sarcasm somewhat. Anyway, as usual, a show in three parts. We'll be doing some local launches up at the front. In the middle, a bit of a chat about uh, Volkswagen and why they've retired something. And then at the end, we have a review. It is the Honda Civic EHEV. And Lee, tell us about these local launches because I know there's a lot to get through this week. Yes, a few car launches to note. The first one is the all-new fourth-generation Kia Sorento. The flagship SUV for Kia right now is fully locally assembled and you have a choice of having it in either a six-seater or a seven-seater configuration. Kia started building the Carnival locally a couple of years ago and now they've decided to build the new Kia Sorento in Malaysia as well. It's a bit of history. It's the winner of multiple awards such as uh, the Car and Driver 2022 Editor's Choice Award as well as the 2021 Red Dot Awards. So it's now officially on sale here in Malaysia with a starting price of 209,888 ringgit. This is a very, very competitive segment because why? You have the Mazda CX-9, you know? And then you have the Mazda CX-8, which is slightly smaller. And then you got the Ford Everest. And then you got the Hyundai Palisade. And then you got the Hyundai Santa Fe. So it's a very competitive market. You know, everybody is jostling for this little range of buyers. So quite tough for the Sorento, even though it's a really good-looking vehicle. Like Ali was saying, you know, you got the seat configurations and everything. Mazda also has it. Hyundai also has it. So it's going to be a tough call. But the prices start from just below 210000 way up to um, the all-wheel drive six-seater is 235. Here's the shocker. The 2.2-litre diesel engine, which is the same diesel engine, it's called Smart Stream, also used in the Kia Carnival, is 255000 ringgit. Huh. Now, that is pretty steep price. But you must remember the Kia Sorento is no longer a small vehicle, number one. Number two, you've got to get into the showroom and touch and feel the interior because it is a luxury vehicle. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, it's Kia, but come on. Go into the showroom, have a look, touch and feel. And then you come back and debate me on the word luxury. Okay. Another thing, it's got a Bose sound system. I mean, that alone, you know, adds to the word luxury. And then it's got mood lighting system, which, you know, all the luxury brands have. And then, of course, it's got a, you know, a whole range of comfort features in the vehicle. Uh, go to DSF, uh, read about it, you know, and then you'll understand exactly what you get for this price. Yeah, so that's the 2023 Kia Sorento now in the local markets. Um, another one that's just entered, Maserati's Grecale GT variant now comes with a hybrid engine. 
Um, the Grecale first launched in 2022 with three variants, the GT, the Modena and the Trofeo. The GT variant is now fitted with a hybrid engine. The specs are exactly the same as the previous petrol engine Grecale, powered by a 2-litre four-cylinder engine, 300 horsepower, 400 newton meters of torque, impressive top speed of 240 kilometers per hour. Oof. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maserati is a brand um, very close to my heart because, you know, it just sounds so seductive. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's very nice, uh, Daniele. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maserati launched this vehicle just this week and, you know, um, initially we thought, you know, the price is going to be around 700,000 ringgit because it's Maserati, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got all that, you know, Maserati luxury and features and, and you know, touch and feel points that, you know, comes with a, with a luxury Italian vehicle. But prices start at 598,000, which I think is quite good because this is a sports SUV that challenges the Porsche Macan. Mm-hmm. And the Porsche Macan, if you start adding all the little bits and pieces that you want to, to build up on it, it's almost this price. So Maserati is hitting very close to the Porsche market because previously, when we thought the, the Grecale was going to be about 700,000, it's already hitting very close to the Cayenne market. But when you hit the Macan market, ah, you've got a wider range of buyers. You know? mm-hmm. It I, is a beautiful looking thing. Yes, and I heard, I heard, you know, you heard it here first, more than 20 bookings were received even before the price was announced. So now with this price, I think doubling or tripling that is not going to be a problem. So deliveries will start actually next week. We are hoping to get a test drive next month, fingers crossed. Uh, but you can go to the showroom, they have, a, they have a customer test unit for you to take out and have a you know, spin. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's the Maserati Grecale GT now with a mild hybrid engine as well. A bit of international slash local story next. Um, Tesla just announced more discounts on their cars and this time it's for two of its most expensive models, the Model S and the Model X. The price cuts are rather substantial. So the question now, since Miti announced that Tesla is going to be in Malaysia, are we going to see similar discounts here? Well, you know, this is coming from the factory, so it's not coming from a private dealer or, or something like that. But you see, by the time they get here, we don't know whether the prices are going to shoot back up. Right now, Tesla is selling a lot of these vehicles because I think this is this is just me making a guess here. Uh, maybe because these are 2022 stock cars which they are trying to release out in the market before the 2023 cars come out. That's what I think it is because this also happens with other car manufacturers, right? Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. You see, the amount of money that they're giving away, the discount they're giving away, 10,000 US, that's a lot of money. That's, you know, 40,000 ringgit, give or take. Now, that means the current stock of Teslas in Malaysia, which were brought in by private importers, what is their value today? Mm. That is what I'm worrying about. Next... Mm -hmm. When the Teslas first started coming to Malaysia with private importers, there was a huge margin and they all made very, very, you know, happy, happy profits. Now, those cars, years from now, what would their resale values be? On top of that, you've got Tesla coming in, which are going to bring the prices down. On top of that, Tesla is giving discounts on older models, which is the yeah. models that these guys sold. So, mm-hmm. which means in a couple of years' time, or maybe five or six years' time, when people want to change up, these cars, I estimate, are going to be about 100,000 ringgit or so. Which is not bad. Which is not bad, but, you know, we still have to think about, you know, the battery and battery, everything else. Yeah, but with Tesla yeah. officially here, 
it might be a time to own a Tesla for you know simple people like me lah. You know, mm. <laughs> does this make you reconsider your pro- uh, proposition? Then, or maybe you might get yourself a Tesla at some point. Well, you know, at a hundred thousand ringgit, it, it, it might be interesting to get a Tesla and see how much oh. reaction I get from people who thought I was a hater. This is it. thought you were a hater. <laughs> We've had four years of you hating, <laughs> in in good natured hating. Let's in say. good nature. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, okay. Um, let's uh, take a short break here, then, shall we? Yep. Because we've got an awful lot to get through, uh, and we need to talk about this Volkswagen thing that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, folks. We are, of course, uh, this is Cruise Control here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury, and as usual, joined by Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my, and of course, Ali Johan, who's gone a little bit quiet right now, but he'll be back with us in a couple of minutes, won't you, Ali? Yes. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury. As usual, we're on the phone lines with Ali Johan and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Now, um, we started off with some local launches. We had the Kia Sorento, the Maserati Gracali GT Hybrid, the Tesla price cuts. Uh, but now we're going to speak about something quite close to some Europeans' hearts. Why Volkswagen are going to be retiring the Golf R line here? And a few other things, but Daniel, let's start off with that. What's going on? Well, first of all, it's a big disappointment. Not to say that this is like the best-selling vehicle in its segment, but it is the Golf. You know, it's it's an iconic brand, uh, iconic nameplate. Uh, remember the Beetle? Yeah, yeah. When you know when the Beetle was taken off the, the the showroom floor globally, everybody went nuts. Even people who who didn't own a Volkswagen or a Beetle, but it's just such an iconic thing. And the Golf has become just like that. It may yeah. not have that shape, which is instantly recognizable because everybody's got that shape right now. But it's still a nameplate that is uh, you know respected. I, I own a Golf. I own a, a first generation Golf. I still love it. Uh, but you know this eight generation Golf came along. Last year, and exactly one year later now, it's quietly retired. And when I say quietly, because they didn't issue a statement for it, what happened is someone noticed that it was no longer on display in the showrooms, no longer showing on the official website. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my competitors uh, wrote about it and uh, one of my readers contacted me and said, hey, you know, so-and-so has written that the golf has been retired. I said, well, I, I didn't know about it, you know. So what I did was I called a couple of dealers I know and I said, hey, are you still selling the Golf R line? And they said, mm, mm, well, mm, no. Mm, mm, oh, then I, mm. I called the, the official dealer and they said, well, you know, um, for, for now, we, we are not selling it anymore. So I think what has happened is, number one, sales has not been as good as it was supposed to be for a few reasons. Number one, you have the Golf R on sale as a CBU unit. You have the Golf GTI on sale as the CBU unit. Both are 200 plus and 300 plus thousand, which you can bring in and sell as and when uh, demand dictates. But with the R line, they local assembled it. Now, when you local assemble a vehicle, you have a minimum number to do. That means if you do less than, say, for example, 2,000 units, it's not economically viable to sell the vehicle. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, number one... I don't think they, they met the local assembly targets because, you know, this car wasn't selling as well as they thought it would. 
Now, why it's not selling as as well as they thought probably is because of the current competition from Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, even though this is a European vehicle, but the R line is not in the same league as the GTI or the R. And right. when you look at the current competition, the Honda Civic, the Mazda 3, you know, these are cars that are, have moved up their game. When they move up their game, they've got features, power delivery, mm-hmm. tech, you know, uh, handling and everything else to match the Golf R line at a lower price point. Got it, yeah. Right? So that's that's the next issue. Now, the saddest issue is, which which I say is saddest, is a lot of Malaysians, a lot of people around the world, and when I say around the world, I'm talking about in every market, they are moving away from hatchbacks and going into crossovers and SUVs. SUVs, yeah. 20 years ago, the SUV trend started. In the last decade, which is the last 10 years, is just blown out of proportion to the point where even some car manufacturers have said, We will no longer manufacture cars. Instead, we're just going to go for crossovers and SUVs. For example, Volkswagen in their other markets, they've got a vehicle called the T-Roc, okay. and they've got a vehicle called the Tiguan. Not the Tiguan, the Tiguan. Now, the Tiguan and the T-Roc are basically, if you look at it, it's a Volkswagen Golf on steroids. I've never heard of this. Yes, it, it they sell in like South Africa and even Europe. Also, they sell it, and the smaller Tiguan. Uh, it's a T-Roc, sorry. It looks like a Volkswagen Polo, which is the smaller version, which is also not on sale in Malaysia anymore. On steroids. When I say on steroids, it means it's raised. It's got you know little black cladding on the side. So because of the market shift in preference of vehicle type, this is the problem now that is facing some car manufacturers. So they are forced to say, okay, we can keep the specialty cars like the Golf GTI and Golf R, but we might have to let go of the Basic model, so I think mm. that's one of the last reasons I can think of for the retirement of this Golf R line. But does that mean the T Rock is coming to Malaysia? Maybe, maybe because I think something like that will sell very well. Because right now the Tiguan, which mm-hmm. has been in Malaysia for some time, is really selling well. Whether it's the five seater version or the seven seater version, it sells very well. It outsells the Golf. So. This is how the market is shifting. So, if you're interested in getting a Golf R line, I think one of the dealers still has a few units in in the market. You need to give a call around and find out. I've just been looking at this T Rock. It's pretty cool, actually. Mm, exactly. Subcompact it, it crossover see, SUV. Yes. Yeah, so you see, even a car buyer like you is suddenly saying, "I might as well go for something like that." You know. Mm, mm. So okay. this is where the market is moving to. We've got some more news about the Toyota Prius. What's going on there? Uh, Toyota announced the launch of its all-new Prius plug-in hybrid edition. Uh, this one is known as the Z-Grade uh, Toyota Prius, a uh, latest edition, which is uh, the fifth generation of this car, developed under this hybrid reborn concept, adding an environmentally friendly design and uh, features. It's equipped with a solar charging system that's Efficiently converts solar energy into electricity for the car, and the solar panel is placed at the roof of the car. You know, perfect for Malaysia when you're parking in the hot sun. How possible is it for us to get this in Malaysia, Daniel? I'm actually really hoping it comes to Malaysia because this changes a lot in terms of the electric car movement. Mm-hmm. I know this is not electric car; this is a plug-in hybrid. But this is Toyota's way of saying, "Listen, I'll still give you a small engine because why." You don't have to think so much about going into charging stations, you know. Yeah. 
You can charge at home to get the minimum battery power needed, which is 105 kilometers of emission-free driving. And you still have the petrol engine to keep running around. And you still have that solar panel. Why aren't more cars doing this? Right? You know, it, it, it just seems like a no-brainer. Yes, but the technology is expensive. You see, something like this, if it came to Malaysia, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, and you heard it here first, almost 200,000 ringgit. To put a solar panel on the top of your car. Well, solar panels are not cheap. And then the whole machinery, backhand system to make it run. And then if you look at the, the article, you know, the, the technology in this vehicle, the, the schematic of it is so complicated, you know? Mm, mm, mm. Everything that is inserted in it is, is costs money because it's all latest tech. Something at least takes years to be, be amortized, you know. I mean, this is the fifth generation Prius. I remember the last Prius that was selling here, the the, the normal hybrid version. Mm-hmm. Today, mm-hmm. it's about 21,000 ringgit. You know, mm-hmm. when it came out, it was 120,000 ringgit. Yes, it's depreciated a lot over the last 10 years. But, you know, it's still a very good vehicle. It still saves you a lot of fuel. The build quality is still pretty decent. It was well looked after. So I think something like this will do well, even though it's going to cost almost 200,000 ringgit. On top okay. of that, it looks really great, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It does. You know, if you take out all those badges and you put a Tesla badge on it, people buy it. Mm, mm. I, I love the way it looks. And, and mm. I think it's such a smart way of doing things. But you're right, you know, the, the tech that's involved with it is going to be expensive, it's going to be heavy. Yes. Uh, but mm. that's the future, isn't it? I, I suspect. Yes. And I think, I, I think pretty soon they'll even make panels on the car yeah. That will be like, like you know, can draw energy from the sun. Yeah. The thing is, when you have an accident, it's going to be ooh, expensive. Uh, remember those dynamos you used to get on bikes as well that powered your lights? Oh, you yes. Yeah, old tech making a comeback. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Toyota and Honda both, um, they seem to be very, very calculated with their jump into EVs. They're still pushing plug-in hybrids and hybrid engines, although they have EVs and they're not pushing it out there as much as this next car that we're going to talk about, uh, yes, which yes. is the second generation Hyundai Kona. Now, Hyundai Kona has already been sold in Malaysia, but they just revealed a newer rendition of it to help the brand transition from ICE into electric engines more smoothly. Daniel. Yep. So this one now starts from the ground up as an electric vehicle. So the platform is different. Uh, the whole tech has changed. And of course, you know, you've seen the success of the Ionic 5 and very soon you're going to be seeing the success of the Ionic 6 when it arrives. It's arriving very soon. So with this new Kona, which I think will arrive maybe later this year or early next year, boom, they are just going to rock the segment because they got the pricing right also. Because, you know, like the previous Kona was below 200,000, three variants. Ionic 5 was below 300,000. The Ionic 6 is supposed to be just just touching 300,000. So, you know, Pricing-wise, you're hitting the right sweet spot. And the Hyundai brand now has got a little bit of gaya, you know? Hmm. <laughs> I love the photo shoot that they've done as well against a dark background. Yes. Uh, with the, the, the lights, because it, it, it really highlights what it's like. It, it looks like um, a plane inside almost. If the wheel hmm. wasn't there, it, yeah, very, very kind of futuristic stuff. Yes, Shuttle yes. maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, the, the, the Korean electric car movement, they're moving very strongly against the Europeans. And you know, I think Japanese are playing catch-up simply because they don't have the raw materials to build batteries. Right. This is what I think. You know, they have to rely on third party. Whereas these brands all have most of the raw materials ready. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, folks, it's uh, time for us to wrap up uh, this particular segment, but we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We do have a car review, of course. It is the Honda Civic EHEV. I know you've been waiting for this one. Here we go into uh, a little break. We'll be right back after these messages here on Cruise Control BFM 89.9. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to the third part of tonight's show. Uh, finally, we're getting to the uh, car review. It is the Honda Civic EHEV. Daniel, talk, uh, talk us through this then. First of all, EHEV. This is uh, Honda speak for electrified powertrain. So you get a battery system, plus you get a petrol engine, but it's not an average run-of-the-mill petrol engine. It's an active cycle petrol engine. Don't ask me to explain all this in detail. <laughs> I'm no engineer. I'm just a normal Joe walking on the street. Now, <laughs> this EHEV is complicated. It's not something simple. So... It's the transition to full electric, which will happen in a few years' time or maybe in a year's time. Or maybe they've already got enough electric cars, samples sitting in, in, in Japan, you know, ready to just unleash it when they're ready. Because Honda already has a small electric car selling in Europe, the Honda E. But they're not bringing it to this part of the world because of cost and also because of driving range. So let them work that out. Meanwhile, this is EHEV. Now, EHEV means you have a 72-cell lithium-ion battery and two compact but powerful electric motors working with a petrol-driven two-liter engine. Ha, huh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, now, we've already seen EHEV with the Honda HRV, which is a 1.5 petrol engine working with the same technology, and also with the Honda City. Now, with the Honda Civic, it's a two-liter engine. So, why? Because you need a little bit more power because it's a bigger vehicle. Now, this will also happen when the new CRV appears later this year. You heard it here first. New CRV coming will also have similar technology and similar variants available in Malaysia. Then comes the Honda Accord. Remember the Accord? Yeah. The big yeah. sedan. Now, we, we've missed it for quite a bit. It will also carry the same kind of technology range. So, this time, we were, we were given a chance to take this vehicle out. We were going to drive to Desaru with two other uh, motoring journalists. And what they did was they paired, you know, every car had three people. They said, okay, let's do a little fun drive. Let's take a drive to Malacca to see how fuel efficient you can be. And then the rest of the journey, you can just, you know, abuse the car to the max, you know? <laughs> okay. Now, to make yeah. it more interesting, which happens with a lot of car companies when they do this, they say, okay, well, let's have a friendly competition, you know? So we give you the car, we give you a, a, a preset timeline to arrive in Malacca at, at a lunch venue and let's see how well you do. So for me, I like to win. <laughs> okay? So I told my two driving partners, listen, both of you relax, I'm going to take the wheel because I know how to feather the throttle. Because I grew up on a budget and I used to feather the throttle to use as little petrol as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and... I'm very happy to say I've won a lot of fuel efficiency uh, tests. So with this one, I said, you know, no toilet break, no drink break, no break at all. When we start this journey, we're not going to stop because you want to okay. get the momentum moving, right? Yeah, yeah. So the car was already fueled up. 
three people in the car and everything else. So we took our journey. We were very lethargic with the throttle. We never accelerated too much. We kept our speed below 100 kilometers an hour. That's like a sweet spot, you know. Kept the revolution range below 2,000 where possible. Sometimes when you have to accelerate, you accelerate a little bit. Sometimes you have to decelerate. Sometimes you have to cruise behind a big vehicle. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. especially on a highway, which is not advisable. But if you're in control, you're alert enough and you can see ahead and you know that big vehicle is also going to be keeping you know, to the, to the speed, you can do that for a little while. Uh, it's called coasting. And then what happened is um, we arrived in Malacca and uh, we did 29.4 kilometers to a liter. Hey, good. Very good. Very, very good. Of course, we did not win first prize. We won third prize. First prize was just over 30 kilometers to the liter. Huh. And how did they manage it? What did they do differently? What they did differently is they were lighter. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Careful with their eating habits. Uh Aha. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, we got very good results. Then, of course, after that, you know, all the way back, all the way down to Dasaru for 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 our night stay, you know, I, I let my, my, my two co-drivers take over and they really bombed this vehicle. So the whole idea of this exercise is to show that if you really wanted to save fuel, you can get it from EHEV powertrain. And if you think you just want to whack it, I mean, this car has got very good power delivery. If you combine both, you know, and you get the the equal power delivery, the engine itself is a 2-litre, like I said, 143 PS and 189 Newton meters of torque. But the battery gives you 184 kilowatt and uh, torque gives you 350 kilograms per meter. So if you put it all together, that's very good power. You get a 0 to 100 acceleration in 7.9 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, top speed is restricted to 180 kilometers, but that's also the way a lot of um, battery electric vehicles and also hybrid vehicles are going today to keep down your speed. So it's a pretty good compromise. Now, the worrisome thing here, because when you mention to people the price of this vehicle, the eyebrows go way up to their forehead, you know, and so it's 166,000 ringgit. Oh, now, yeah, th- yeah I, can, I can see why the eyebrows might be raised. Yeah, so that's about a 20,000 ringgit bump up over the standard Honda Civic 1.5 turbo petrol, you know. Mm. And a lot of people say, oh, I might as well just keep to the standard petrol. Yes, no harm. Yes, I totally agree with you. The same thing with even the city and HRV, uh, EHEV models. The cars are more expensive and they don't sell as many as the standard version. But Mm. with the Honda Civic, I can tell you, they've started seeing a little bit more take-up rate because, first of all, the Civic is a much bigger car over the outgoing model. It's almost as big as the previous two generations ago Honda Accord. Uh-huh. Mm. So in terms of size, it's grown, you know, leg room, boot space, even front mm. Mm. and everything else, you know, width and everything else. So there will be some people say, actually, you know, 166,000 is about the price of a Honda Accord I had before. So okay, la, you know, not too bad. Plus you got this, this great new powertrain. Now, Saving fuel in the city, it also works because why? If you're just going to be doodling in city traffic jam, the EHEV will take up a lot of the fuel seeping uh, mm-hmm. reasons from the petrol engine, you know? Mm. Because you've got the battery system working for you. So it's a nice compromise. It's a nice looking vehicle. I know I, I, I've said this many times before about the Civic. I think it's a nice looking vehicle. And it's just about time for them to actually come into the market with something that can say, hey, I can, I can save fuel. I'm not, I'm not 100%, you know, Electric yet, but I'm getting there, you know? Mm. Overall, then, did you like the thing? I would say this, uh, 
looking at this vehicle and the tech and the safety features, you know, you got Honda sensing and everything else, and then you know they've they've added features like you know key card, you know, you got like a smart card. It's yeah. like a credit card. You just put it in your pocket and you can use it to get in. You've got Apple CarPlay. You've got a nice big 9-inch uh, uh, audio display system, uh, decent sound system. Suddenly, uh, the lower price European competitors don't look that attractive. Oh, that's interesting. I'll give you an example. Like the BMW 218i Grand Coupe. Very yeah. good-looking vehicle. At 40,000 ringgit more than this, Mm. It's got a three-cylinder engine. It's a normal petrol-driven car. It's it's smaller, but yes, it's got the BMW brand, right? Mm. But if you take away that branding, if you go Apple to Apple, suddenly this Honda Civic looks much more interesting. Then, like we mentioned before, the the, the Golf TSI has been retired. One of the reasons the R line has been retired is probably because of this car, right? Because this car makes more sense in terms of space, features, and 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 power delivery. And then you got the A-Class sedan, which is very popular, but that's because, again, for branding, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you put all this together, then you start saying, you know, I think it's about time to give Honda Civic a second look because why? With the EHEV variant, they've moved the game really up to the Europeans and, and knocked on their door and say, hey, I'm here and I'm 40,000 ringgit cheaper. Come out, come out to play. I love yes, that. I yes. love that. And you see, the same thing is happening with other Japanese brands. So it's, you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next three to five years. Civic is 50 years old, right? The nameplate is 50 years old. I remember sitting in a Civic when I was a wee lad. There we go. This is the best looking Civic in the last couple of years, especially replacing Mm. the previous uh, model. Like I always tell people, you know, don't, don't take my word for it. Go into the showroom, just get into this car and test drive it. Important points, touch and feel points, you know, buttons, knobs, the top of the mm. dashboard, you know, where you put your arm to rest and everything else. Feel the quality and then in the same morning, don't wait until another week or a few days later. In the same morning, walk into another premium car showroom, get into their variant, okay? And then you'll notice how Honda has moved the game up in terms of cabin quality. Even right up to roof lining, you know, the A-pillar, the mm. B-pillar, the material use, they have made a difference. Okay. Thanks very much for that, Daniel. Okay, thank you. Right, folks, it's uh, pretty much time for us to wrap up this week's show. Uh, Thank you very much, as ever, for tuning in. We will be back same time, same place next week here on BFM. But if you did miss any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend using the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. This has been Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9. Cruise Control was brought to you by the new and improved Shell Fuel Save 95. Now lasts up to 15 kilometers longer per tank. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.